0: Hello once again, ladies and gentlemen. Can we talk about Transformer? Ah, yes. Hello. This is the Can We Talk About podcast. Can we talking, once again, about a franchise that has been around for quite some time. It's an aged franchise, if you will. An old man. Devouring the core of content to grow our brand to a level that will no doubt have us just EXPLODING! Because popularity is icky, Kristen.
1: Like exploding
0: bugs. That core of content, of course, being a series of might and metal, actual 80s cartoon classic, The Transformers. I was finally given a laser pistol of my own to help my Autobot buddies. My name is Joe.
1: My guess is that there were two new Autobots in this episode, but I'm not sure. My name is Kristen.
0: And we are watching The Transformers Generation 1 via Tubi, which is a free streaming platform with intermittent commercials. Tubi has the broadcast order of season two of Transformers. I'm sure you know that already. Kristen, have you been watching anything on the various streaming platforms? That is
1: cool. Me and Madeline have a gentleman's agreement that I agreed to watch some of the British television show Skins, hmm. and she will watch uh, Riverdale in return. So I'm grabbing <laughs> more people and dragging them into that. Also, because there was at, uh, earlier in the pandemic a sale where... um. All the Higarashi visual novels were on sale, started playing those, and my nice. friend bought me Umoneko no Naku Koruni, so I've been playing that as well.
0: Dang, you got a full plate.
1: And I'm still playing MMOs.
0: <laughs> Dang, you got a full plate. I don't sleep very well. I have been watching just the normal uh, weekly Super Sentai Kamen Rider. They are back from, they've been for a few weeks at this point, back from a seven week or so hiatus which is very curious to me as it's almost uh, pretty guaranteed that Sentai and Rider will have like 50 episodes each. So I don't know if they're going to follow through with that or Mm -hmm. what the plan may be. There is a trademark for the next Kamen Rider. So interesting to see where that goes. But uh, I'm still in my old habits of watching Tokusatsu
1: Weekly. That's great. I have no relevant comment to make, as always.
0: (laughs) This week, Kristen! Is the Insecticon Syndrome, which happens to take its name from a movie that is a favorite of mine as it happens.
1: I've never heard of the China Syndrome. That's not true. I've probably heard of
0: it. I pro- I may have talked about it. I don't know. It's a very tense movie uh, about nuclear annihilation.
1: That would make sense. Um, it also takes its name from piece of media that would come many years later.
0: Ramon Island Syndrome from... <laughs> The melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, of course. I really
1: like that, too. I was going to say Higarashi Higurashi um, Hinamizawa Syndrome.
0: Oh. I, Chris and I thought we were going to be on the same page, but we were just, like, months apart. On That's our... too bad, because
1: I recently was trying to remember the name of individual Haruhi episodes, because what was the Sagittarius?
0: Day of the Sagittarius.
1: Day of the Sagittarius. I was like, um, what was that episode called? I knew it was something very strange.
0: Someday in the Rain.
1: Someday in the Rain is the only other one I remember. We can talk about that
0: another time. Kristen, this is a very Insecticons heavy episode, as the name of the episode may imply, and we know your track record with the Insecticons, I thought they were fine.
1: I my issues with this episode, I feel like, are not Insecticon centric. It's just unfortunate that I didn't like this episode and the Insecticons happen to be here. <laughs> Again, I was telling you off mic right before we started. I don't know what it was about this episode, but it felt like three fucking hours long to me.
0: Well, Kristen, we'll see if this podcast takes about a million years. So I think then let's
1: nuclear melt.
0: Insecticon Syndrome, written by Douglas Booth, who last gave us Atlantis Arise. I want to say that I referred to Douglas Booth as the Mary Screens of... No, was it Mary Screens? I don't even remember this I don't point. remember. Was, it was, he was the Beth Bornstein, that's what it was. Okay.
1: <laughs> I saw his name and I was like, you definitely wrote something, and I couldn't remember what it was.
0: i still doing decent, I'd say. Not writing anything that's out of the park just yet, but writing episodes.
1: Joe, do they say Beachcomber's name once in this episode?
0: They do actually. Optimus refers to Beachcomber by name at a certain point. However, this is several minutes into the episode because we start in. They say
1: the other guy's name multiple times. I forget it oh, now. The fire truck man. It's like Inferno or something.
0: It is Inferno. Yes. Yes. Beachcomber, Hound, and Bumblebee are all out scouting here. Beachcomber is. <laughs> you
1: were giving Beachcomber as a title to Hound for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> that famous Beachcomber Hound.
0: That's the beach blanket blast version of Hound that comes with psychedelic colors, of course. And a surfboard accessory.
1: And hopefully some cool swim trunks.
0: A surfboard that transforms into gem. (laughs) So, Kristen, VW bugs are not made for rocky terrain here. So, Bumblebee is getting smacked all around on this terrain. That's what I was thinking
1: because I guess now I know it's either Hound or Beachcomber was like, You doing okay over there, Bumblebee? And I'm like, those are his actual feet. You dick. <laughs> this hurts for him to drive on.
0: He mutters that he's going to have Ratchet convert him to four-wheel drive when they get back. I don't think back, that'll
1: solve it the in whole the He
0: needs better shocks, I think, is the problem. Yeah,
1: he's, he still is the uh, same parts making up his little undercarriage there. Spike is hanging
0: out in Beachcomber with a park ranger man, who I believe he has the very normal name of James
1: later, I want to <laughs> say. I really, 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 at first was like, oh man, I hope I am... Just seeing its spark plug, but he's also a park ranger, and he got, like, really buff.
0: Slimmed down a bit in the intervening episodes here.
1: It, it was really funny for me to imagine it that way.
0: And I imagine also that they are riding in Beachcomber because he is a beach buggy, and that they don't want to break their ass bones riding in Bumblebee.
1: At least that makes sense. Wait, they're not at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, fuck you.
0: Dune buggy, Kristen, Whatever.
1: Whatever. Forest buggy, tree buggy, log buggy.
0: The trees in this area are all sort of eaten, as mm-hmm. it happens, Kristen. And Beachcomber doesn't say Insecticons when the park ranger is like, well, what even did this? He goes, uh, big creatures, real big.
1: So at this point, when I saw him looking like a robot man instead of a car man, I looked at Beachcomber and I was like, okay, well, he has sunglasses, but he doesn't sound like jazz, <laughs> i think this is a new man and i was right
0: i i'm glad that you can at least pick apart because there aren't very many blue autobots as it happens
1: the colors seemed very wrong to me <laughs>
0: <laughs> beachcomber i think is our first big blue autobot
1: because there's some small like navy blue guys
0: gears is i think as close as we get and he's mostly red
1: hmm. <laughs> that's right i keep thinking blue streak is blue
0: no not not quite
1: I guess I'm an asshole.
0: The park ranger is not very convinced by all of this. Uh, Beachcomber clarifies then he is talking about Insecticons. And He's still, still like, nah,
1: nah, I don't think
0: so. Pull out and pan over to some caves where the Insecticons are all hanging out here. And Kristen, the through line of the episode, Insecticons hangry.
1: Yeah, I can relate to that. Not today. I am actually pretty well fed before this episode, which is not typical. But, yeah, I it's interesting to go back again to be like, yep, those Insecticons still, like, I don't fucking know, eat trees and shit. We have the old tired joke. Essentially, Bombshell likens pine trees to
0: Chinese food, Kristen.
1: Hmm, I thought he was just talking about carbs.
0: You eat a forest of them, and an hour later, you're out of energy again.
1: That just sounds like you a bunch of pasta to me.
0: The Insecticons all head out here to snack on some redwoods, and Kristen, I did check, there are sequoias, there are giant redwoods, <laughs> in Utah.
1: I can't tell if I'm... Glad you checked or like amazed you would even think to? Because I was like, yeah, sure, whatever.
0: Giant redwoods implies Washington is the thing.
1: I mean, you say giant, but some of the trees that they show are like colossal. (laughs) So I don't know if we could safely say they're anywhere on Earth.
0: These are fucking life trees, Kristen. This is the fucking several trees of Yudrasil here.
1: (laughs) And they're all just getting chewed up and knocked over.
0: Transition one, back to the Autobots and the Park Ranger here. (laughs) He <laughs> does not believe Beachcomber's summation that this was Insecticons. Again, we're still on the same beat. We didn't really need a transition here, or everything was kind of. Did we need to do this first before we cut to the Insecticons? Well, oh, whatever. Get
1: it. The, the whole point is for him to say, "I don't even think giant robot bugs are bad at all."
0: That's right! There are two instances in this episode, Kristen, <laughs> of one line and then another transition.
1: I did really enjoy that. This feels like this scene was maybe supposed to be in the last scene. And for some reason, they just clipped it out and pasted it in somewhere else and we're like, oh no.
0: And I put in my notes, I spent more time writing about that single line of the park ranger going, I don't believe giant robot insects exist, even though he is standing in the presence of a giant robot jeep.
1: And later, it seems like army men know that Insecticons exist, so... Pick up a newspaper sometime, dick.
0: The Insecticons are eating trees after Transition 2 here, and a separate Park Ranger man is looking through some binocs.
1: I think he's the one who contacted Park Ranger 1 and was like, I see some, he didn't use the word phantasms, but in my mind that's what he said. (laughs)
0: He says figments here, Kristen, which reminds figments me. Figments eating trees. Figments eating trees, which just reminds me of, of course, the de facto mascot of Epcot. We've brought up the the Wonders of Life Pavilion at least three separate times. <laughs> and it now, just... it's time, now it's time to bring up the purple dragon figment.
1: Uh-huh. Never been there. Not interested. Eric idol. <laughs>
0: <laughs> True. It's not a great ride. Uh-huh.
1: And Buzzy. There's my other reference. There
0: you go. Perfect. uh hmm Stolen. Never got to ride that ride because we never went to the Wonders of Life Pavilion.
1: Never even knew it was there.
0: It's fi- It's hard to find, Kristen.
1: <laughs> they hid it back there because it sucks.
0: Park Ranger Two here, who is Mike, contacts Park Ranger One, who I was wrong. His name is not James. It is Jeff, in fact, Kristen. You idiot! How did you mess that up? Giant figments eating trees. Jeff is confused by this and high-ass beachcomber, which Kristen, I believe, beachcomber's characterization is high. <laughs> is Seems chill Insecticons probably think humans are figments too
1: <laughs> that, Whoa man, <laughs> that's wrong with my brain I see BC in your notes for Beachcomber And my brain is like, that's an interesting abbreviation for Bumblebee <laughs> So I think I'm an idiot <laughs> The Decepticons are just like out and about looking for the Insecticons that that's our introduction to this scene. That,
0: that's that's what we got so far. Is the Decepticons are looking specifically for the Insecticons here because they're they're needed for Megatron's plan here. For they some got reason. an energy
1: vampire sort of plan,
0: and uh, we make it known to the audience that both Megatron and Starscream, and in essence the entire Decepticon force, because Soundwave is basically a I Soundwave is basically a robot is what I was going to say. <laughs> he is in fact no! a robot, but has no. You personality. take that back. He's not a Cybertronian, it seems like. And Thundercracker and Skywarp, who the fuck cares?
1: But yeah, um, Starscream, what Starscream means is that he just doesn't like the Insecticons. What he says is that he does not trust them. And Megatron's like, fuck you, I don't either. We're just gonna do the plan first and then, I don't know, kill them when they're not looking or something. And that goes great.
0: I don't know... Why Megatron thinks this is going to work, where he's just like, we're going to use the Insecticons to our advantage, then we're going to take a can of Raid to their ass, and we're never going to have to deal with them again.
1: I, yeah, he is an interesting thing where later in the episode, he's like, cool, so we're done with the Insecticon phase of this plan, let's just kill them before we go. (laughs) It's like, you don't have to do that! No one's making you!
0: Soundwave notices here as they approach the Insecticons that the Autobots are showing up as well. So the Decepticons land, and they decide that they'd rather watch this battle. Then fight.
1: So they get to check their cool action robot fight Insecticon sequence. There's too much robot fighting in this episode. I think that's my main issue with it.
0: Well, first, Kristen, we have Mike, Park Ranger Mike, the, the yes. figment man, the fig uh-huh. man, driving toward the Insecticons here, seeing them and being like, Whoa, Zoic Scoob! And then driving past them. Bombshell makes a crack about human drivers here just being like, Oh, ooh, weird almost coded racism but i'm a robot
1: <laughs> i mean i guess he, he could have been like human woman driving whoa <laughs> i'm allowed to make that joke you're not
0: mike drives basically past the autobots here and nearly runs bumblebee off the road while driving away and warns them of the monsters mama Scoob.
1: am i like misremembering i feel like bumblebee has a little bit of a rough time this episode
0: I don't know if we get much more from Bumblebee after this, actually.
1: I know Megatron has some dramatic stuff that happens to him. That was maybe my favorite part of the episode.
0: We start a robot fight here that quickly turns into the Autobots and humans running away. And I'm not exactly certain why, but they are (laughs) running away.
1: You know what probably could have helped in this situation? While they're getting their asses kicked? Back up. The Dinobots. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. If they are being chased down by their Decepticon... B-team guys, bring in your Autobot B-team guys who are way stronger than you. And you got
0: five of them! The Insecticons find a downed tree here and start rolling it toward the Autobots.
1: It's pretty big.
0: Nice little touch I like here is Kickback uh, does get on his back and braces arms against the ground and kicks it.
1: He does that uh, to a ceiling later when he's trying to (laughs) uh, kidnap Princess Soundwave. Now he's, but he was still in his
0: grasshopper form then. He's not a grasshopper at this point. He's just <laughs> full on robot. Just decide, now nah, I'm going to kick it.
1: Joe, that makes him easy for me to identify.
0: Hey, you're right. That's true.
1: <laughs> Use those little leggies.
0: The good guys somehow find themselves in an ankle deep river as the log is pursuing them very quickly. And Kristen.
1: So the problem is that they're running in the same direction as the log. But like, it's a lot, it's, lo- it's long, like it's pretty big. Um, they should really be doing, like, some diagonal running, though, to just get away from along. Yeah. The
0: there's there's a little bit of, they could just avoid. It's not an Indiana Jones boulder. There, are, yeah. The left, left and right is available to them.
1: Or, like, I mean, you got some giant robots. Pick up Spike. Spike is running with his human legs. Pick up Spike and just, like, do a Donkey Kong jump over that thing.
0: Segment one ends, Kristen, five minutes into the episode, which was very surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why the episode felt long to you, is because we've had so many Segment two felt
1: like it lasted forever.
0: Segment one ends normally about ten minutes into the episode, and here we are five minutes in, Mm -hmm. as we see all of the Autobots and the Park Ranger and Spike flying off the edge of the cliff with the tree and the Insecticons celebrating.
1: Yeah, because they're super dead. I was surprised. I thought there was going to be some kind of last-minute thing that they did. I mean, obviously, they're not actually dead. But uh, to show them, quote-unquote, Getting clobbered by the log and then thrown off a cliff. That's pretty fun.
0: <laughs> Segment two starts. The Insecticons are still celebrating. The Decepticons make their way over. Megatron being like, ah, you did, you did pretty good. you yeah. yeah, you did, you did okay.
1: <laughs> you beat the Autobots. It's almost like that's something Megatron can't do.
0: And <laughs> Starscream, yeah, it goes, maybe they should be leading
1: us then. <gasps> Is that foreshadowing?
0: I don't think Starscream would want that. <laughs> no, it doesn't go well later. So when the Decepticons land here, Bombshell refers to the crew as Megatron and his merry mechanical men, which Kristen, this incenses,
1: (laughs) Starscream. scream. I'm not a merry man. I'm a sexy man.
0: Megatron stops him here because they are here to talk business, not trade insults.
1: We're not here to talk about how we're going to pop off the Insecticons as soon as they turn around.
0: And Kristen, here's where we see that the Autobots falling off the cliff at the end of segment one was actually all a clever hologram plan by Hound.
1: I feel like I never remember Hound do (laughs) holograms. I'm sorry, holograms until after he has already done them. Like, I'm never like, oh, you know what? That probably was a hologram. I'm like, um, that was some hologram bullshit. Damn it. That's right. That's what Hound does.
0: Yeah, they're hanging out about 12 feet below the rock face here uh, on like a separate second cliff.
1: Uh, Yeah, I guess they just hopped down there.
0: I think so. Now, Kristen, I assumed that the Autobots would be able to hear the Insecticons and Decepticons talking to one another from here. But we specifically see Spike and Bumblebee running away to just get back up to where they were before. and To do some unwitting
1: reconnaissance, I guess. (laughs)
0: Essentially, yes.
1: I mean, isn't that the best kind? <laughs> we always spy him by accident. That's our specialty.
0: So, Kristen, the plan is: the Insecticons will get a big old meal at the Nova Power Plant. So, this is a power plant plan, mm-hmm. potentially a dam plan, if depending on what is at this power plant. And uh, after that, the Insecticon should have enough power to siege the defense computer at some place called Iron Mountain.
1: So, the way that they treat this like energy source. That makes it sound like it is a plant rather than like powered by damn hydroelectricity that they just like physically have a star <laughs> and they're just keeping it in there and it's like rumbling around. And it's super dangerous, but it's like pretty tasty. So
0: now, Kristen, I was a little distracted because Iron Mountain happens to be the name of a company. I am in the business of document destruction mm-hmm. and Iron Mountain is a very large company. That does document destruction, so I just assumed that they needed to siege Iron Mountain to get their documents from the shredder.
1: (laughs) I am going to say, it's just a, it's an Iron Mountain because it's a bunch of scraps of external hard drives, I guess. (laughs) I'm surprised this episode wasn't called Something Something Iron Mountain.
0: Mm, Siege of Iron Mountain. Fire on the Iron Mountain.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It sounds hooky enough that they say it so many times that it sounds like it should be more of a thing. Like, if this showed up again two episodes from now, it'd be like, oh, okay, that place. But nope. I assume. I don't, I don't know for sure that Iron Mountain never comes back. It's just a feeling I have.
0: Like they would establish Iron Mountain as a large human like defense base where the Autobots can hang out or something. Yeah. But no, I don't think we're that lucky.
1: Yeah. I don't fucking care anyway.
0: So transition four happens because Spike and Bumblebee heard all that they needed and they needed to radio Optimus. I
1: think, yeah, Beachcomber is like, wait, where'd Spike and Bumblebee go? And then it turns out they're snooping.
0: Optimus relays what's going on here to the Autobots, including newcomer Inferno. And Ironhide puts it pretty succinctly here, saying that if the Insecticons eat at Nova Power Plant, they will be strong enough to have us for breakfast. Over easy and sunny side up adds jazz.
1: And that's when I was positive that that other guy wasn't (laughs) jazz.
0: Transform and roll out transition five. (laughs) The Decepticons are all approaching the Power Plant, which has... Defense helicopter station here, I guess. (laughs) Like not even on a helipad, just like sitting out in the yard. (laughs) Just all lined up. So the helicopters mobilize here, but do very little to stop them with the jets drawing all of their fire.
1: And there's a bunch of uh, army green sunglasses wearing dudes (laughs) who crash in those helicopters very soon after this and just get out and they're fine. They're okay. Which is too bad. I really do love seeing things happening where I'm like, that person's definitely dead. But then they go back and they show me, no, they're fine. And I'm like, oh, man.
0: Megatron and Soundwave deal with the approaching Autobots here, uh, which has him ejecting both Laserbeak and Buzzsaw. And Inferno and Jazz both take a shot. And Inferno uh, joining the Pantheon of Transformers with a gun hand. He's got a gun hand. Yay. Buzzsaw is shot out of the air here. No. Inferno and Jazz are too busy patting themselves on the back to save the aforementioned crashing helicopters.
1: <laughs> yeah, we kind of see them uh, go down beyond the gate of our new hangout spot. I assume it's Iron Mountain, right, at this point? No, this is the Nova Power Plant, that's right. God, so slow! So those crash, and then we see some of the helicopter men getting out, and they're just fine. And then we see the other ones are stuck. Ah! <sighs> But it's okay, Inferno's there.
0: Jazz removes the canopy, and then Inferno, while Jazz is helping these men out of the helicopter, decides to shoot his fire extinguisher foam all over the burning helicopter and Jazz, and Jazz says, please stop helping me. Please.
1: (laughs) Is it weird that I am so hung up on the fact that, Joe, fire trucks don't have fire extinguisher foam in them?
0: (laughs) They got water! (laughs) Well, Kristen... Maybe we'll see that it changes in subsequent episodes, but as it stands in this episode, he uses fire extinguisher foam at least twice.
1: All these times I would have been fine with him just spraying water on people.
0: (laughs) Whatever. The Insecticons, since nobody was really dealing with them, are allowed to get into the power plant without any sort of opposition or anything. Maybe you should have sent a bigger fighting force. Whatever.
1: No, it's fine. So here's the thing that I did not expect. It shows each of the Insecticons growing... As a result of their tasty Nova energy thing. Yes. And that's strange.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's not much of an explanation as to why the Insecticons grow. I think it's just a scientific, they are eating this energy that is making them more powerful. As such, they are big now.
1: It's like they want me asking questions that don't have answers about Transformer physiology. (laughs) Wheeljack, explain that to me. Why does that happen?
0: And Kristen, immediately after they get big here, Shrapnel is like, Since we're big now, let's kick Megatron's ass.
1: Ass. <laughs> Good plan. Um, Soundwave does hear that. <laughs> I guess he doesn't care that Buzzsaw has like a broken wing or something.
0: Kristen, Soundwave has like a robostethoscope to hear this as well.
1: Yeah, that's normal. <laughs> What happened to his weird, mic like, tentacles? <laughs> Bring those
0: back. The Insecticons do a thing that I like a lot in this episode, as I've stated many a time, where they just walk through walls, basically.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can always appreciate that.
0: They just come right through the wall here, and they're like, Okay, well, Soundwave, you know our plan. Let's go ahead and use one of those Cerebro shells so we can, you know, kind of keep that on the down low for now.
1: I believe this is the episode I referenced after the first use of the Cerebro shell. Where um, the next time they use them, it's to take over all of the Decepticons. (laughs) It's not a bad idea. This plan is surprisingly well thought out. And like to the point where I thought I missed something because we were further in. And I was like, okay, well, I guess Soundwave is back to normal again. But no, he was (laughs) only mind control faking.
0: So we see Spike in Beachcomber. The other Autobot team arrives a little too late here.
1: Everyone's dead already. It's pretty sad.
0: Apparently it's up to Wheeljack and Ironhide, who are climbing separate towers for no discernible reason. Here. It's so like they
1: can get a better view of the Misfits concert. <laughs> Remember that?
0: And then Bobby hey. Braddock. No, who's the what's the name no. of that kid?
1: Uh what was his name? Dan Danny?
0: Danny. I think yeah. Danny. Bobby Braddock's the drug kid. <laughs> I
1: was just like that. not that Bobby Bailey? <laughs> Bobby Bailey's the leader
0: of the tornadoes.
1: Which sh- is Lots of gem references. You won't get it if you haven't listened to the rest of our podcast. No. <laughs> uh, man, we can't stop ourselves from making them.
0: They get their asses handed to them by the new big Insecticons here, where Shrapnel shoots some lightning at Ironhide and he gets all shocked. And then, like, an arm panel opens on Ironhide, which doesn't really have any sort of significance. He just falls. And then Wheeljack <laughs> falls.
1: I think Wheeljack gets trapped, right?
0: He gets trapped under some stuff because the tower falls on him. Ironhide just falls.
1: Yeah, I, uh, they have to saw off Wheeljack's arm. Like that rock movie.
0: 127 hours, Kristen, thank you.
1: I Okay. Oh, Kristen can't remember numbers either. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they got to leave now, the Autobots do, because I guess they can't do anything against the Insecticons. And Yo,
1: if big bugs were kicking my ass, I would also be like, out of here.
0: <laughs> Ironhide and Wheeljack are loaded into Optimus's trailer, not his mm-hmm. ass, thankfully.
1: It's his second ass.
0: <laughs> his second ass. And the Insecticons all cheer, which for some reason, Starscream... Is a second
1: ass just a fanny pack?
0: Whoa. Whoa! <laughs> Starscream says that victory has made the Insecticons obnoxious, which I think that he just wants to be the one that cheers.
1: <laughs> I kind of was in a good mood today, but, you know, I guess <laughs> you guys got the win, so...
0: Megatron adds that in addition to being obnoxious, they are also invincible, which for some reason does not cross his mind that this might be a bad thing.
1: He says this, and then later he's like, let's just get rid of the Insecticons. (laughs) Like, dude. Did
0: you forget they were invincible?
1: Invulnerable.
0: We reiterate the plan is now to go to Iron Mountain as we get transition
1: six. Iron Mountain's my favorite roller coaster.
0: Spike is at Teletran here. Apparently Chip has been teaching him how to use him since the Autobots never use Teletran. I guess.
1: Once again, unless I missed him somewhere, no spark plug. Besides fake beefy spark plug Jeff at the beginning.
0: So Kristen, I don't know how Spike figures out this information. Mm -hmm. Maybe this would have been better if it was Chip Chase. But either way, the core that the Insecticons ate at the Nova power plant is incompatible with their stomachs. And Jazz (laughs) is like, you mean they're going to get
1: indigestion? (laughs) Okay, so we, again, about... Transformer Physiology. Yes. A. Transformers have stomachs. <laughs> Two. Transformers can get indigestion. They reference... Heartburn. Heartburn
0: <laughs> later, yes, as well. And best not to think about it.
1: I want, I'm just saying, um, so do you remember Body Worlds or whatever? Yes. That science exhibit that grossed me out a lot when I was a kid?
0: That I believe we saw at the Franklin Institute.
1: That sounds right. Maybe. Or in Ohio. At the Great Lakes Science Center. Who can say, really? I want one of those, but it's with transparent <laughs> Transformer skin, and I want to see all their creepy Evangelion organs.
0: Like the thing you'll get of Godzilla occasionally, where it's like half of him's normal, and then half yes, is Yes, but a robot! And then you find out that Godzilla has a fucking bladder in his foot or something.
1: <laughs> wow. That has to be inconvenient. He walks <laughs> everywhere. <laughs>
0: He always has to pee. That's why he's so angry, Kristen.
1: I get it now. Jazz thinks
0: that this will give them indigestion. But as it turns out, Spike is like, yes, indigestion so bad that they will fucking explode.
1: <laughs> I've been there. Woo-do-do-do.
0: <laughs> the Decepticons arrive at Iron Mountain here, Kristen, which looks like it should be an important place. It's like a big fucking tetrahedron... With like a base around it.
1: (laughs) I don't think we ever super get into what's there aside from a computer with cool stuff on it. The Insecticons
0: want the information to tap into the world's energy source eventually.
1: Is that where they moved it from Teletran after it was stolen from Teletran?
0: I did make note later of what about the world energy chip, but it's no longer into the Nightbird, so that does not exist clearly. Doesn't matter. Anyway... Megatron is loudly speaking to Soundwave, too, by the way, (laughs) as the Decepticons approach about how they're going to myrtleize and kill and rip apart and murder the Insecticons. And Bombshell is able to hear all this, and he's just like,
1: huh, how about that? Mm Mm-hmm. Soundwave's just like, thumbs up. Sweet. Love it.
0: Iron Mountain has a direct line to Teletran, apparently, because we see, Optimus Prime, help! Iron Mountain is under attack!
1: Did they not know that's where they were going, or were they just getting their asses kicked so much they were like, we should leave now?
0: I could have sworn that Spike and Bumblebee would have heard that. Yeah,
1: that's what I thought, too. They got their asses kicked and they needed to get a snack. They got some Capri Sun before they jump back into the soccer game.
0: Segment two ends with Optimus saying, yes, the Insecticons being bombs is bad. Yes, I agree with that. Segment three starts with the Decepticons embroiled in a battle with Iron Mountain. And Kristen, the defenses actually do pretty well to... Like, knock back Megatron at one point, which Shrapnel makes fun of him for. <laughs>
1: yeah, they got a bunch of um, mountain sentry guns. They do. Which... And normal sentry guns.
0: <laughs> Why do they have sentry guns in the mountain? I do not know. It
1: just makes me think of um the uh, Optimus Prime's arm sentry gun <laughs> from City of Steel. I like that guy. I miss him.
0: So, Kristen, the shortest scene in history happens here where... Give me the prelude. Before the Autobots left, they tasked... Wheeljack and Ratchet to make an antidote.
1: Wheeljack was doing beaker science.
0: (laughs) So the Insecticons would not explode. And we join the Autobots in transit here. And the only thing that happens in this transition, after this transition, that lasts before the Mm -hmm. next transition.
1: Extremely important. Give me the line. Ratchet, Wheeljack, we're going to need that antidote fast. Whoa! (laughs) Uh, yes, just in case you forgot about it, which I basically did. Yeah, they're doing um, weird science.
0: Plastic tubes and pots and pans, bits and pieces, and magic from my hands were making weird science.
1: I knew I shouldn't have said it. Magic and
0: technology.
1: <laughs> Do the rest of the podcast by yourself.
0: Is it, I like Ongo Boingo, Kristen. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I don't even know what you're referencing. <laughs> the song Weird Science by Ongo Boingo! I thought it was a movie.
0: It is also a movie. It is the song for the movie, in fact.
1: Okay. So I wasn't that confused. Is that the one where they make a sexy lady or something?
0: That is indeed that movie, Kristen. (laughs) Why do I know that? Because you watched I Love the 80s. I guess so. So, Kristen, we cut to Bombshell, Hmm. complaining that he has heartburn, uh, adding in, that is, if I have a heart, which, the note I have directly (laughs) under that, how would he know... Uh, Never mind.
1: Yeah, I feel like that about covers it. It's just like, (laughs) I've spent enough time agonizing over it already this episode.
0: Uh. Shrapnel starts confusing the defense computer here, Kristen, by turning the lasers against them. He just shoots out radial lines. I didn't make a note of it. Son of a bitch! He definitely uses radial lines of some sort to have this happen.
1: Yeah, we have um, extra robot mind control stuff happening. That's what the Insecticons do, at least right now.
0: The Autobots start attacking here, and the Insecticons are left to deal with the Autobots as the Decepticons head in to get to the computer. I guess
1: Iron Mountain is besmashed and there was a rock avalanche, as you put it. <laughs> the Ironhide needs to sacrifice his body for Spike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Once an episode at this point, I feel like. Kristen, what are you talking
1: about? That's brand new. <laughs> Soundwave and Megatron
0: get to the defense computer pretty easily, and then Soundwave starts copying the files. Kristen, I did not notice. I forgot about the whole in my initial watch of this. The copying of the files and the information and shit. And we get to a line later where Soundwave says, memory circuits erased. And I'm like, oh, because of the shit in the computer.
1: Yeah, even I knew that. Come on, Joe. It doesn't matter is the thing. No, it doesn't. So that's why he gets um, almost kidnapped later is because now Soundwave is the treasure.
0: (laughs) And Kristen, now that Soundwave has all this information, Megatron goes, well, let's kill the Insecticons. They are still fighting the Autobots at this point. Mm -hmm. Could Megatron not have waited?
1: Wow, Joe, you're asking me that? <laughs> Don't know what to tell you. Don't question his logic. It's perfect.
0: Bombshell reveals that he had a Cerebro shell plan all along because Megatron is announcing to Thundercracker and Skywarp, hey, it's,
1: hey, it's time to kill the Insecticons! And they don't move, so I guess they were already Cerebro-shelled also.
0: And then Starscream gets Cerebro-shelled, but Megatron is too quick for that shit, and he catches it in his hand and throws it on the ground, and Bombshell is not very happy about that, even though he seemingly has an unlimited number of Cerebro-shells. He
1: acts like it hurt or something, but I think he was just being a bitch about it.
0: (laughs) No, my plan!
1: (laughs) So Megatron's like, okay, shit, (laughs) we are now improvising.
0: Megatron's like you are going to get extra murdered now motherfucker and Optimus is like Megatron don't.
1: They seem pretty convinced that specifically if Megatron's what's his cannon called?
0: The fusion cannon. Fusion
1: cannon. My brain's like antimatter cannon. If that kills an Insecticon, that will make them explode. Yes. Also just time will make them explode. Also, yes. They're volatile is the thing right now.
0: Now, Kristen, it did not occur to me until this moment, this is very reminiscent of, there's a little episode called War of the Dinobots where there was a meteor that was going to explode and Optimus goes, no, Megatron, don't shoot.
1: Again, this is another thing that's always slightly elevates the episodes for me. A little bit of Autobot-Septicon cooperation this episode, which I'm like, it's slightly different, I love it!
0: Considering we got that last episode in the core and I did not give a fuck, Maybe that's how bad the core was.
1: (laughs) I think at least the core was kind of funny, right?
0: The Insecticons then fly inside the base here as the jets turn on Megatron and Optimus, and Megatron hits them with one blast of his fusion cannon here, and that's enough to apparently knock them out, I guess? I mean, they seem like... They run away at a certain point. I don't think we see them until it's time for Starscream to come back in the scene and be like, what happened?
1: I do believe the Insecticons just get kind of excited, too, because they're like, good. They're just, The Autobots at this point, they're just defending us.
0: Wheeljack and Ratchet arrive with the antidote in giant vials, Kristen. Yep. And for the second episode in a row here, as stated, a truce is called between Megatron and the Autobots, so a bigger threat can be dealt with Transition 10.
1: Though it seems like Megatron still wants to go in guns ablaze and doesn't totally understand what he's agreeing to. But that's okay, it turns out fine.
0: The Insecticons plan to use the information in the computer to tap into the energy reserves of the world. As stated, world energy chip does not exist anymore. Fuck it.
1: No, it's um, the chip with the energy reserves of the world information on it. It's a different thing.
0: Megatron and the Autobots arrive. Spike, once again, I guess, setting up for the audience. Hey, don't shoot at Bombshell because he will... Don't shoot at any of them, quite frankly, because they will explode.
1: And Megatron does not seem interested for a sec there.
0: And then Bombshell starts getting a ache. Kristen. His stomach starts hurting as he bends mm-hmm. over and goes, Oh, my stomach. It hurts. Uh,
1: shrapnel's belly hurts, too. Um, and then, I don't know, they like do a big fart or something at Megatron and he gets <laughs> back through a wall.
0: Shrapnel says that there is no time for belly aching, which weird lines for the insecticons this episode where they just get weird, supposed to be sharp, cool guy, funny things to say, which I don't know about that. I but, feel
1: sick, but must destroy.
0: Yeah, then Megatron gets blasted here, which Spike conveniently notes, Kristen, and thank the Transformers wiki for pointing this out, where any time that time needs to be told, Spike has a watch on in the shot. Thank God he synced up his watch down to the second time. And then immediately the watch is gone in the very next shot, so...
1: At least they thought to put it
0: there at all. So, Kristen, a thing happens here that I'm not sure, one, what the ethics are of this, and two, how the physics work, where Optimus runs up to the downed Megatron and is like, Megatron, you gotta transform.
1: And he kisses him and makes him turn into a gun. Optimus basically
0: transforms Megatron himself, like, he kind of moves his hands around a bit as the animation changes to, you know... crumples him up like
1: a foil ball. Kinda! Like, that's all, <laughs> That's basically what
0: happens.
1: I don't know why Optimus feels the need to do this. Maybe he's just feeling, I don't know, powerful or
0: something. Kristen, the best way to distribute Antidote is through a gun, of course, so...
1: Well, they don't have any of those, so...
0: As it turns out, Megatron is gone. so... Uh-huh bombshell gets hit by the antidote first and starts shrinking and notes in a very wicked witch manner
1: i'm shrinking
0: what a world
1: i think yes and it's at this point where i was like ah, i can kind of tell them apart because kickback's like i'm getting the fuck out of here and picks up sound wave like he's gonna kidnap him uh and then goes over to the ceiling flies up there and kicks it with his little leggies to try and get out it does not work
0: no he is the next to get shot which drops both him and Soundwave <laughs> he, to the ground drops Soundwave. but they are fine don't worry about it
1: mm-hmm.
0: shrapnel is like you know what motherfucker if i'm gonna explode then you're all gonna explode with me let's do this
1: yeah shrapnel goes a little bit berserker right at the end there um spike is really worried shrapnel manages to summon lightning that breaks through the iron
0: mountain building so he that can was start...
1: pretty confusing
0: He manages to hit Optimus with a lightning bolt, which has him drop the antidote. And then Spike, Kristen, does a fucking super combat roll, like it's fucking Dark Souls, and he manages to grab onto it. And somehow, despite being almost constantly struck by lightning, from what I can assume by the aura of electricity around shrapnel, Spike is able to casually walk up to shrapnel and just, like, start climbing him and shove the antidote, like, open a chest door (laughs) and just throw the antidote in there. Mere seconds away from explosion.
1: See, now I have to wonder. And again, I'm thinking... I know I'm thinking too much about the mechanics of things. Everyone else, they just had to shoot them. Are we supposed to assume that they were, like, hole-piercing vials that went inside them? Why couldn't they just throw the vials at him and, like, gas him up like a Crash Bandicoot villain?
0: That's kind of what I'm asking, is is this, like, a, a vapor or something that's supposed to diffuse what's going on? We don't really know... What the antidote is, just that it is an antidote.
1: Yeah, it's um, some kind of star nullifying liquid. (laughs) There's no good answer, so I don't even know why I ask.
0: So shrapnel explodes, even though the antidote was in him, and it knocks everybody over. Here is where Soundwave's head gets knocked into the wall, and he gets a concussion, and he goes, oh (laughs) fuck, my memory banks.
1: He's like, uh, so that plot point is null and void now?
0: So Shrapnel is in a million pieces. Just for
1: second, I really thought he was going to be fucking dead. What's wrong with me?
0: Once again, another weird line where Bombshell goes, Hey, we're not that easy to swat. The Insecticons know how to get it together. I think
1: um, Megatron has a whole line where he's like, I am bummed out that I didn't get to rip him apart myself. (laughs) And then we just (laughs) see his scattered corpse on the ground. And then, yeah, he has some kind of heel gun.
0: Bombshell just manages to put shrapnel back together with a shot from a gun. And here's where Starscream and the jets arrive. And Starscream's like, And the Insecticons all shove him out of the way as they run out.
1: (laughs) And then the Insecticons chase them. And we love to end episodes this way, don't we?
0: The Insecticons gave us a lot of trouble, didn't they? But... They seem to bug Megatron even more. Ha
1: ha 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 ha. Get like a play on words.
0: Kristen, that was the Insecticon Syndrome. And <sighs> not my favorite episode, certainly, but I think that there was some. I. All right, a few things that I'm going to say that I liked. I like that Mm -hmm. we saw a forest. It's been the first time since I want to say the Immobilizer since we've seen a forest.
1: I do still always think it's very funny when the Insecticons just eat things (laughs) because that makes zero sense. So it's a nice change of pace at least, I guess.
0: There were some weird questions about robot anatomy in terms of stomachs and hearts and such where I would assume that it's just they convert what they eat into energy somehow. I guess there would have to be some sort of stomach adjacent thing that does that.
1: I feel like I've made this point on the podcast before where I insist that I'm trying not to be pedantic and then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm actually the most pedantic person in the universe. <laughs> I really just can't help it. That's who I am.
0: Kristen, what did you think of the newly introduced Autobots, Beachcomber and Inferno? Uh,
1: they weren't annoying, so they might as well be my new favorites. That's not true. Wheeljack is still my favorite.
0: Inferno has a very southern drawl from what I could tell, so like even more so than Ironhide. So. The
1: reason I even remembered his name at all is because when all the rocks fallen iron hide or whatever inferno is also on top of him yes that was Ah, yes they all collapse on top of each other and he was like oh you try moving around with tons of inferno on top of you and i thought he was talking about the rocks and i was like it's not hot rocks what are you talking about (laughs) and i was like oh that's that guy's name
0: of course
1: And and he says you know i got 10 tons of rocks on me and i'm like uh, Beatrice the Golden gave the Erishimia family 10 tons of witches gold.
0: Witch's gold, Kristen.
1: Witch's Wh- gold. Witch's blue.
0: I was going to make some kind of red text joke, but eh, fuck it.
1: <laughs> it's hard to do in a podcast.
0: But overall, I think Insecticon Syndrome, decent episode, a fine lead-in to what we'll be getting next time. But we will get to that in a second. Now's the point in the evening where I'll list off all the fun contact things where you can find us. You can follow us on the Twitter machine at C W T A Pod. You can follow me at Octopus, which is A W K T A P U S.
1: You can follow me at Marina Kazam.
0: And find us on the Apple Podcasts, on the SoundCloud, on the Stitcher Radio, on the YouTube, even leave a rating, give a review, and do whatever you feel like. You can also drop us a line cwtapod at gmail.com where you can tell us all about how to properly run away from a tree that is going toward you when Mm -hmm. left and right are an available option as Mm -hmm. well as if enslaving your people that are supposed to be on your side is any less ethical than uh, enslaving your enemies it's
1: friendly enslavement like what they do with um devastator friendly and check out my solo podcast side project, ASMR Relationships, the podcast equivalent of listening to gossip that has nothing to do with you. You can find a link to it in the episode notes. Follow it on Twitter at Reddit Gossip. I'd appreciate if you gave it a listen.
0: Next time, Kristen, it's finally here. I don't really feel like I should be building it up because I don't remember... If the episode is actually any good. I feel like but you've already
1: warned me that I'm going to be disappointed.
0: It is the official introduction of most of the new characters from the 1985 toy line, And by introduction, of course, Kristen, I mean it's going to be just like this episode where they're they just going to be... They show up and are
1: be... just, hey, who's that guy? They are here, I guess. It's me, you remember me.
0: And hopefully they say their names more than once so you can remember them.
1: I guarantee I cannot show you the name of a single one of the new Autobots in... coming up. What the fuck am I supposed to name at the end of this season? Just all the new guys? All the new guys. There's, I mean... Oh, jeez.
0: Believe me, Kristen. Like I said, there are still... We're going to be introduced before the end of this season to four separate combiner teams of five. So I don't even know all the names of those guys.
1: I wish you could see just like the distant look in my eyes as I'm already (laughs) preparing myself for how mind-numbing that's going to be. I'm going to try my best. God damn it.
0: Either way, Dinobot Island Part 1 is next. It is a two-parter as well. Uh, So, everybody, make sure you get in for that one. For the Can We Talk About podcast, my name is Joe.
1: I'm Kristen.
0: And join us next time where we take the Dinobots to an island.
1: Metal to munch in mail.